Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. And Raja Bell. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. What is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. It is going to be a fantastic day. We got to react to Major League Baseball. Happy opening day, bro. Happy, What's that? Happy second opening happy day. Happy. That's right. Second opening the day. The day after opening day. Correct. But we weren't here sec- opening day. So True. I figured I'd. That's right. Yes. That's right. And I'm so excited. Are you I can't really? Danny, I'm so listen. Baseball with Raja. We can't wait. You did a lot of you did a lot of study, a lot of prep, so I can't wait to hear that. How many full games Zerbiak. did you watch? I don't even know where to start. Like, do I start with the Red Sox blowing the four run lead? Right? Nah. Sho- Shohei Otani's like <laughs> one for four, was it? But like first wow. pitch, one for five, first pitch, single, you know, right past the first baseman. Shot- Noah Syndergaard's back. What, 10Ks through six innings? Keep going. Right? I'm just Woo! rolling. Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander with a midseason, like, form change last year. Looks like he should be in the Cy Young this year. Get him. I mean, I can keep going. Giancarlo Stanton, two <laughs> jacks in his first time out with the Yankees. Like, real talk. I am fired up. Love, Love it. it. He's ready to talk some baseball, baby. We're going to do, we're going to do it. We're going to break it down. We also have Wally Zerbiak coming up later. He works for CBS as an analyst. He's going to give us our final four picks, props. Uh, we're going to do our own picks and props later as well. But, hey, you talked about it. Let's do it. All right, so you tell me, Raja, what you think is an overreaction or a normal reaction for opening day. All right, we'll roll through these pretty quick. All right, the Yankees. You mentioned it, Giancarlo Stanton. He did have two jacks in the game. He went three for five. The Yankees win 6-1 over Toronto. They're every bit as advertised, and they're going to be World Series champs. Bam, there you have it. Is it? Is it? Is that an overreaction? It's an overreaction, but I, I – a slight overreaction. I right. think that, that that lineup offensively is going to be really, really fun to watch. Um, I think I think David Sampson kind of hit the nail on the head when he was in here the other day. It's going to come down to like what that team does when they see some adversity, which throughout a, a season like a baseball season, you're going to have it a few times. It's how they react to that. But when things are good, they're free flowing bats. Um, they're they're going to be fun to watch. They're electric. I don't expect anything less from John Carlos Stanton. I just now it's just like sad because he's not on the Marlins anymore. Yeah. Personally, but I, I mean, he's still such a blast to watch. Did it, did you see the interview after the game? Did any of you see when they asked Aaron no. Judge about, about Giancarlo Stanton's no, Jacks? He, he was like, Ooh. I guess my job now is just to kind of get on base and, and wait for G to bring me wow. in. Is he going to have a sophomore slump? I don't know, but I, I was wondering, like, is he, was he a little salty? I don't know. I'm not saying he was, he but I was be. like, I would like to know what they're like intimate relationship is like and mm-hmm. if they're actually boys because like i think the media wants them wants to portray them as these like you know these guys who are like brothers now right right right, right, right. because they have the same like skill set and the same build but i think that what if there's actually some beef what if they, they want it that with cheater and a-rod those two yeah. boys yeah right because so I, I mean they might hit it off they might be boys <laughs> but i mean you just throw guys in the clubhouse it doesn't mean they're going to be best friends yeah you know it's true yeah. i think I think I think John Car- I think the the huge thing for him is to with the New York market to get off to a strong start is so huge cuz they'll crush yeah. you if you come in with all that hype. If he would have went 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 with a couple strikeouts, they the New York media would have been like, "Uh-oh, we, you know, this was a bad move." Like they jump on stuff so early. So I think it was huge for John Carlo moving uh forward. I don't like the Yankees expectations. Like I think I, I I'd rather see them fly under the radar, which is impossible with that roster. But I don't, I don't think they're going to get to the, uh, the World Series just Wait, yet this year. I, I do have one more bone to pick with Yankees fans though. In our office, 
exclusively, we have so many Yankees fans. Like Nick Costo screaming at Giancarlo's home run yesterday <laughs> made me – I had smoke coming out of my ears. I can't tell you how many times Giancarlo would hit a – like a beautiful homer last year or a couple years before that, and Nick Costos, Nick Costos would be like, who – cares about him blah 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 <laughs> and now that he's in that uniform people just want to bow down to him that bothers me a little bit because i've always been a fan of him <laughs> well, i always thought he was great to that to that point it's funny you say that like i i'm here in miami and mm-hmm. i knew he could hit i saw him in the i saw him in the all-star festivities last year like jack and balls but like yesterday i i like i didn't realize how much just effortless like stick the bat out and just make contact mm-hmm. power that dude had taking balls out to out to like right center just with like a flick of the wrist. And I, I only say that because I tuned in a little bit more because he was in a Yankees uniform. Right. It's, it's yeah. true. People are yeah. going to be obsessing with him now. He's going to be like the next Derek Jeter. So you mentioned it. The Marlins, <laughs> Hannah, they had a rough day as everyone probably would have expected. Uh, the Jose first Reina. pitch of the Major League Baseball season was Ian Happ. He goes deep <laughs> against the Marlins. First pitch of the season. They actually end up winning eight to four. The fan shots of Derek Jeter, you know, talking to fans. He was there with his lovely wife. He looked good. DJ Cal, DJ Cal did the pregame uh, <laughs> concert. It was pretty bad though because no one was at the ballpark. But basically, the Marlins are trash, and I, I don't. They're think They're not trash. I no, trash. no. They caught up to the Cubs a little bit at one point, and I think, <clears throat> I mean, the Cubs were a perfect example because we saw both the good and the bad from the Cubs yesterday. I will say, I really liked Anthony Rizzo's home run. As a, a high schooler from Stoneman Douglas, I thought it was really cool because yeah. they Did honored. Did you go to Stoneman Douglas? Yes, and oh, they yeah. they honored though they honored everything before the game, and it was just really cool that he was able to hit a home run. Like I loved that That's story dope. so much. I support that, but I will say I don't think the Marlins are as bad as I thought they would be. Uh, well, it's one game. They're gonna be bad. They're gonna be. Bad, <laughs> like, I think bad. it's gonna be bad. I read an article. Uh, I read an article where they said like maybe like there were three players on the Marlins that could. uh Actually the, be on another roster. On the Cubs roster yesterday. Maybe <laughs> right. a fourth. I thought it was just, I thought it was hilarious. Oh. Yep. All right. How about another overreaction? The Astros are going to repeat. George Springer, he also let off a game for them, kind of living up to the expectations. Verlander looked awesome, as you would expect. They beat the Texans four to one. They actually did a shift, which I was watching it live as it happened. And I hate the shift in baseball. And because it's so messed up, they literally had nobody over at shortstop or third base. And like it's wide open and it's a left-handed batter and he doesn't even try to lay one down. Like you could just slap a ball the other way and you would have had an easy single. They didn't even do it. But I think the Astros are going to be good. It's a young, talented team. But to say they're going to repeat, I think no no baseball team has repeated since the 2000, since the Yankees actually it was their third title in a row. It's just that the hangover effect is real. Teams don't are they're not as hungry. They just, it's, it's a, the hangover effect is real. I disagree. I think the Astros still got it. Uh oh. I don't know though. Uh-oh. Like, I don't know, but I think they looked good yesterday. I, I'm not saying, I'm not calling it out just yet, but I think it's, I think it could be possible. I'm going- I like Hannah's all in after one game on some teams. Yeah. I, like I know. That. They only all, have all these teams. 61 more. I'm like, Marlins agree. <laughs> I'm like, right, I'm in the right in the middle of you two because I think they are for real. I think they're, I think they're for real. Um, but numbers kind of, are what numbers are, and people don't repeat in baseball very much. Um, so I'm going to kind of go with you, Danny, but I do think they are, are for real. I don't think that there's going to be that lingering hangover where they're going to look like a different team than last year. I just think they may not they may not wind up winning the championship this year. All right, the White Sox, Matt Davidson, he had a monster day. He had three home runs uh, for the Chicago so He was their DH, comes out. So this is one of the worst jokes in all of sports, I think, and Debo put in our note. 
he's he's on pace for 486 home runs. Like everybody loves to multiply it times 162 games. Uh, so he's definitely going to beat Barry Bonds' record. Um, it was great. Like I love it. I love seeing this. So, but I have a question for you, and you guys can all answer this. All right? Because I think three home runs in baseball is awesome. Like I think it'd be so incredible to do that. So if I gave you these options, you tell me which one you would rather accomplish. All right? Would you rather hit three home runs in a Major League Baseball game? Would you rather pitch a no-hitter in a Major League Baseball game? Or would you rather throw five touchdown passes in an NFL game or score 50 in an NBA game? 50. Oh, my gosh. Wait, all of this <laughs> is so high. It's your career high. Uh, 33. And, and I felt like I shot every ball, and I felt like I made them all. So 50. No, that's a tough question. I, just, I set it off the like top of my head because I, I was, but uh, throwing five touchdowns may be mine. Like I just, I really like football. You would I, shock the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I wonder which one of those is the hardest. Like well, probably make it no four hitter. home runs in baseball. Eighteen players have done that in baseball. Hit four home runs in a game. Right. More so three home runs. Club. You kind of like it's been done a lot yeah. before. Fifty points. I, I would, would say, love to go out there and ball out. What? That'd be great. I would. I would take the fifty. Yeah. In an NBA game, if two of those points was a dunk through like the lane through oh. traffic, like that would have to be the proof. Like if I could do that, I would take that accomplishment over all of them. Like, like straight facial. That would be the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been on record. I don't think I could hit. Like I don't think if you put a ball like squarely in my zone, whatever that would be, and let me make great contact, I don't think I could hit one ball out of a major league park. So hitting five, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. But I still go with fifty-two, bro. Like you're on just complete. <laughs> Like you're just out there for the world to see, Jack. Getting fifty, exactly. baby. Like come Man, on. Basketball, basketball is the coolest. Like if you if you have that on your red, like yeah, I dropped fifty. Like yeah. it's the coolest, I think. No I doubt. agree. I agree. You know. All right. So there was a really cool moment the other day. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh Vlad Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero's son, it's Vlad Guerrero Jr. He hit a walk off home run for the Blue Jays in Olympic Stadium, where his dad used to play for the uh, Expos. He's the number two prospect in all of baseball, and it was awesome. Like, the fans were going nuts. It was really, it felt like a playoff game type of atmosphere. He's going to start the season in double-A, but it had me thinking, like, do you think, Rajah, do you think it's easier or harder for athletes' kids to succeed in sports? Yeah, that's interesting because I think, like, emotionally um, – there, there can be some hurdles to overcome when you're, when you're, when your dad was really, really good. Like, and I, so I think when your dad's, are, when your dad's like an MJ or Larry Bird or like Barry Bonds or, or someone like that or LeBron's son, I think it could be hard because your dad 13. is like one of the greatest ever. But when you're, when your dad is like, I don't know, BJ Armstrong or, or some, you know, middle right. of the pack NBA or, or MLB player, I think it's easier because genetically, like you're, you're already in an advanced position, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the, you know, we were in the front office in Cleveland one day and my buddy Trent Redden was sitting around with me and he was asking me, did I know what like the number one, like the number one thing that you could look for to determine whether someone was going to be able to make the NBA, even though it's like an infinitesimal like percentage of the population, but what could you look for? And, and I didn't know. And he was like, well, you look to see if one of their parents was a professional athlete. Like that is a precursor. You can look for that. That is, that is documented. So if you have those genes, you're already starting off from an advanced position. But when the shadow is so big, when your dad was like a, an, an icon, right, that right. can be really hard, I would imagine. Totally agree. I think one of the biggest aspects is the mental aspect where you almost feel it's normal to be a professional athlete. Like you grow up and you see it and you're like, oh, 
these guys are just like quote normal guys, but yeah. like I, you get a feel for it and you kind of picture yourself in those shoes. And I don't know if that helped me at all, but my dad was a team doctor for the Dolphins. He was a team doctor for the Marlins. When I was little, he was team doctor for the Yankees when they used to come to spring training. And I used to go down to the clubhouse all the time and like hang out in the, lock, in the uh, clubhouse with Don uh, Mattingly, uh, you know, all these other famous Yankees. And I would look around and that was my dream. I wanted to be those guys, but I also, it just kind of get, it, it looked normal for me. And I right. don't know if that had a, an unconscious impact on me, but I feel like a lot of guys feel like, man, that's so unobtainable. Like it is a goal for a lot of them, but they don't see it as a reality. And I think growing up there, it just becomes like normal. So there's not as much pressure unless you are MJ's son or somebody of that caliber, LeBron's son. I think then that, that weight on your shoulders and the expectations and always like hearing people say, well, he's never going to be as good as his dad. That I think that would be would really suck. tough to overcome. Can yeah. you imagine being LeBron's son and then you just like loving art or something? Like, do you know what I mean? Like if you had a really strong interest in something else, that would be so, so hard. You know what was interesting, Hannah, that you said that art. is because Steve McNair's son and they oh, just yeah. did this, they yeah. just did a piece on ESPN. It was a great piece the, too. Yeah, I think, what is he in dance or yeah, something? He's in like dance a, yeah. or art? Dance. Yeah, so That's like he was though. not your NFL guy. But so if I think you that... were an ath, if you're, if you have like athleticism in your blood and then you want to be a dancer, that's even better. Like dancing be is hard. Dancer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Athletically. Right. No, so, it's, so that was really a cool moment. If you haven't seen it, you should put it online. Debo will put it up on at Canel and Bell on Twitter and Instagram. It was really a cool moment. All right. How about ballpark food? So, it's usually a question always comes out around this time. What's the, what are your favorite ballpark foods? Because uh, the Texas Rangers, they just announced a new one. It's a dilly dog. I don't know if this is because uh, of dilly dilly, the ad campaign, sure. but it's a dill pickle cord with a hot dog, then deep fried. So oh I don't God, know. Are they trying like to make attack. it semi-healthy with a pickle being the bun? <laughs> I have no idea. It sounds disgusting. It, that doesn't sound good. I don't, I haven't been to too many places to know like the staples. I know a lot of, Different ballparks have like these core foods that you go there for. I'm really familiar with Marlins Park and like the crops. And that's it. Are, are you like a nachos girl? No, no, definitely a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. Not, I don't eat meat really, so I'm always a fry guy. Like I like that. Like okay. Philly's got like they say the crab, like the crab Chickies fries. Yeah, like I like. I love those. That looks disgusting. Dude, the dilly, the dilly, dilly dog does dog. not look good. Um, He's showing us a photo. And, and I'm big on soft. I'm a soft pretzel dude. Like I, I grew up. <gasps> I'm a but soft wait, pretzel. Do you, do you do the mustard on the yeah, soft absolutely. pretzel? Oh, absolutely. that's Sounds the like worst. You belong in Philly. I do belong in Philly, bro. I love Philly. I have made this grave error probably 30 times in my life where I'm like, I'm going to get a pretzel. And somebody's like, oh, do you want to split it? And I'm like, yeah. And then they come back with it and it's covered in mustard. I'm just like, oh. thank you. Thank you for that piece of shit pretzel that I can't eat now. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the etiquette for pretzel, if you're going to share a pretzel, is always mustard on the side. Like you can't yeah. assume that someone is going to want the mustard and, and, and the same way you Thank do. You. And even the amount of mustard is critical to a to Does your a wife eat the pretzel. mustard on the pretzel? My wife does not like the mustard See? on the pretzel. So we must always <laughs> so bring mustard packets. That's really There you funny. go. So I think, I think when you go to a ballpark, like it's almost like part of the tradition that you should have like a hot dog. I think you got to get peanuts in the bag and just yeah. leave the, you know, when you eat them, yeah. like leave the shells at your feet. For sure. And that feels like a baseball game. When you go to, and I'm not knocking Marlins Park, but don't they have like sushi and like all these other kind of <laughs> options, like they fancy do. food? No, they and have a lot of like empanadas, which I love. I <laughs> now, if you get some yeah. good Cuban food, that's like, and Cuban I like that. Dope. Like Milwaukee has a great sausage. Like they're known for their so. Like I like that they have cuisine that's mo- like local, but I still think you got to go dog and some peanuts. No, I agree. 
Yeah. Totally agree. All right, let's move on. Let's get to it, Debo. What do you got for us next? Take it or leave it. Ah, take it or leave it. All right, Raja, <laughs> take it or leave it. That LeBron deserves serious consideration for NBA. He did say the other self. He would. He the other day, he would, would vote for himself. I had no problem with that. For Are you M- taking it or leaving it? For LeBron for MVP, I'm taking yeah. that. Um, take it. Take it. Yeah, I like that. It didn't really sound like he was. It sounded like he that was asking that he wasn't done. Take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's not going to win it because the NBA MVP is generally given out to the, the guy on the team that's having the best season and they're going to, you know, they're the favorite to win a championship. And for that reason, he won't win it. But I have all these stats in front of me and I mean, let's compare him, let's compare him to James Harden, right? James Harden is, is, uh, 35 minutes a game, LeBron 37. James Harden 30 points a game, LeBron 27. Uh, James Harden 45% from the field. And this is where it gets, this is where his case gets really strong for me. LeBron's case, that is 45% from James Harden from the field, 55% from the field for, for LeBron James, 37% from threes for James Harden, 37% from threes for LeBron James, 5.4 rebounds, Harden, 8.6 for LeBron, 8.7 assists for James Harden, which he's like usually leading the league, 9.1 for LeBron. Plus LeBron don't miss no games. Like LeBron, and, and, LeBron has had how many different starting lineups? Do we have that stat? 24. 24 different starting lineups this year. So his case is valid. Um, there, it's factually backed up. And yeah, I am in camp with LeBron. Like you have to factor those things in. Unfortunately, they won't when it comes time to give the award. James Harden will run away with it, but LeBron is correct. If you this had a vote. What... <clears throat> if I had a vote? Yeah. That's a tough one. I have to do some soul searching, but if, it, it, <laughs> no, I would because generally you're going to go with James Harden. I think he deserves it because he's been snubbed in the past. Like, and if he doesn't get it this year for what he's been able to do with that team in terms of leading him to the number one seed in the mm-hmm. NBA period, like when will he ever get it? I think he's deserving. So I would probably vote for James Harden, but LeBron has, LeBron has a legitimate case. There's not many times when you would say it sucks to be LeBron. Like he's got a nice life. He's got makes a ton of right. money. But I think in this instance, this is where it actually hurts him to be LeBron James because he's the best player in the, pl- in the planet. He should be MVP every single season, but people get fatigued and they say you have to do something outrageous to get MVP. But where I think it hurts LeBron this year is I think he really wanted the MVP. I think he's been tired of getting passed over by other players, and I think he wanted it. I think that's why he came out and spoke about it because I think he realizes he's not going to get MJ, at least until the Warriors are broken up on the on the finals. He's not going to get six rings, but he can rack up MVPs, and that's why I think it was a mini campaign, like in I think at the beginning of the season for sure, and I think that's why he spoke up and said it. So I think that to me is where I think he realizes like, hey, I better say something because people aren't even noticing what I'm doing, and it isn't saying what he's doing. But unfortunately for him, like writers, voters, they all get tired of LeBron. They're like, ah, well, you know, he's the best player in the world, but should he be MVP? And it's it's a tough one. Like the would you vote for him question is really a good question because what James Harden is doing is insane too. Does it hurt him at all though by saying the things that he says? Yeah. Like, like him just going out Absolutely. there and randomly talking yeah. about how I should be MVP. It, I mean, that's just a major eye roll moment for anyone listening, it, but he has a point. No, he has a point. But also just like. It's packaged poorly though. Yeah. Like you don't, yeah. Yeah. 100%. But uh, well, you know what I thought and to your, to your point? Like it was the first time and I've been on record. I think we talked about it on the pod and me saying LeBron is not going anywhere. I think LeBron's leaving. I think LeBron's at Cleveland. I think it, that I the think statement a showed field? a little you bit. Of, a feel where he's going? I I don't. But look, I, and I'm just reading between Sixers. the lines in that statement when he's talking about like keep this thing afloat, like what I've had to endure all year here, and so on and so forth. Those are just like like little trigger words for me that 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 you know like 
I don't think he's happy there. And I think that LeBron is the new age of athlete where he's not really, you know, he's not beholden to anyone. He doesn't care what the franchise or the city thinks. Like he's in it for his happiness, his family's happiness. And I don't, I don't think he's happy there. All right. You got to take your Homer hat off on for this next one. <laughs> take it or take leave it. it. Take it or leave it. Steve Nash was a better point guard than Jason Kidd. Uh, Congrats to Steve Nash, by the way, getting into the Hall of Fame. Really cool moment for him. Yeah. But take it or leave it. Who you got? Um, I don't think that's fair. I never played with Jason Kidd. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to take it because Stevie's my dude. Take it. <laughs> I got you, Hermano. I got you, brother. Um, no, look, I think I didn't get to play with J. Kidd. But, the, you know, Steve was a phenomenal player. I mean, his stats speak for themselves. Two-time MVP uh, would carry your team however you needed it to be carried, like offensively, um uh, he would score 40 if you needed him to. If it was a game where they were trying to take him away, then he'd, he'd get 20 dimes. Um, here's what I'll say about the two of them because I, it's really hard for me to say who's better. I think Steve was a much better, like, offensive player in terms of being able to shoot the ball. Um, you know, and those numbers speak for themselves. You can look them up if you want to. What, what was Steve from the field? Steve, uh, um, 49%. 49%, right? Like, Steve was a much, much better shooter. I imagine yeah. Jason Kidd was a better defender than Steve. Steve had his limitations defensively. Um, but only knowing how Steve led, like, I, I really just appreciated the way he came to work, right? And the way he led by example. It wasn't always the loudest voice in the room. Like, generally, my voice was the loudest voice in the room, but that's not always what people respond to and what they follow. Sometimes, like, when you're loud, it starts to fall on deaf ears after a while. Sometimes you just need that guy that grinds, that's in there, that's working, that's, um, that's, that's even keeled. You know what you're going to get day to day, consistent. Um, and I really appreciated, like, watching Steve work. Um, getting a chance to hang out with him and know his family was just icing on the cake, but watching him as a professional and seeing the way he worked at his craft, like it was, it was incredible. And I think they're all really deserving. And Grant, you know, Grant Hill's in that class too. I got a chance to play with him, um, and know his family. So I'm just really excited for both of those dudes and Jay Kidd, who was phenomenal. But if you made me pick, I'm taking my man Esteban. You know who I can't wait for? For, for Steve Nass, come on, Canel and Bell. We're going to get them on here. I want some stories oh, about word. Baja. No, we, no, 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 we're keeping those in the vault, but we'll get them on. <laughs> All right, I can't wait because we can talk to them about that. That'll be awesome. And uh you guys are tight. I love the quote from when you were traded. His quote was, all I can say is that he's my best buddy and my best friend. I almost teared up when I read Steve Nash <laughs> saying that about you. Next up. Take it or leave it. Lamar Jackson will be a top 20 pick. Take it or leave it. I'm going to take it, bro. Take it. Take yeah, it. I'm gonna take it, and maybe maybe this is just me with my heart thinking that he should be a top twenty pick. But like, I was sitting around yesterday and his pro day, like, was coming across the ticker and so on and so forth, and everybody was all up in arms because you know he didn't run the forty, and you know I watched his throws and I watched some of the coverage of it. I mean, he looked he looked good under center. When was the last time, Danny, you ever seen like at somebody's pro day that they take every snap from a real life center? Like when, um, when, Manziel did it. Like Manziel, and I thought Manziel, this was a genius move by him. He actually yeah. did it full pads, which oh, Mills I remember that. Does. Like Nike remember went that? out there and put out his like his Nike yeah. like pro day. But I mean, I guess my my point. No, is, that was huge because people need to see that. People, it was a good move. People needed to see it. I think I don't know when the last time like there's been this prolific uh, player in college football from the position. They've been just. They've been questioned at every turn about whether they can translate. I looked at him, his body looked, it looked like he picked up weight. Looked like, like his frame did not look small yesterday when he was, when he was in his shirt and his shorts. Like he, he looks like he's put on a little bit of weight. Um, 
I just think he'll be a top 20 pick because I think somewhere someone is going to say, man, like we've got to see if this translates to the NFL. And I'm one of the guys that believes that it can. Now, I don't, I don't know that he's going to run around looking like he's in a video game like he did in college and be able to have sustained success at the NFL level. But, you know, guys that, that win and are that prolific, like you give them a shot and you see if you could teach him. And I think he said it. Like whoever, whoever gets me, if they teach me, I can learn anything. Just, you know, like they got to teach me. Yeah, I think I'm going to leave it because unfortunately, and I'm with you, I wish he would because I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of talent. But I'm going to leave it because his stock has been dropping like a rock. And a lot of it is stuff that doesn't matter. But I know what scouts think and I know how they react to certain things. And the fact that he didn't run the 40, I think scouts are going to hate. But why, I though? wish What's why? that? Why? 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 Like, what's, like. If he runs the 40, like what, what do you need to see from the quarterback position? And I, this isn't you. I'm well, asking you if you're a scout. He, if you're a scout, like what, why does that kid need to run the 40? You know damn well he's the fastest quarterback in the class. What's he need to run the right. 40 for? I think it's, well, he didn't run at the combine. I think people want to see you're healthy. Like I think that's one reason just to run it is to show people you've been training, you've been staying in shape. But I would have loved for him to put out the narrative, say, I don't want to lay down a 4-3 or a 4-3-5. Because I don't want to play receiver. Like, that's why I think maybe he did it. He doesn't want to have any of that talk. Of course. So I wish, but that goes to my point of, and I really feel bad because I want to slam his mother. So he decided not to go with an agent, which I was okay with at the time. I'm like, it isn't complicated. When you do get signed, it's going to be slot, or when you get drafted, it's going to be slotted. It's not rocket science. You can go ahead and just slot yourself and say, this is what I should be paid. But where I feel like he's failed is, like you need somebody who's been through this process to help explain certain decisions and to do damage control with certain decisions or certain results that come out. So he had his wonderlick come out, which is the dumbest test ever to determine a quarterback's success. And he struggled on it. I think he scored a 14 on his wonderlick, which right. is not good. Like it's really bad. Right. But it doesn't matter. But I would like this is when he needs a team to get out there and say what I'm saying, like to get it out there and say, hey, well, Dan Marino scored a 14 and he, or a 15 and he was, he was a Hall of Fame career. Ray Lewis scored a 14. He had a Hall of Fame career. It doesn't matter. The other thing that you're hearing coming out is that teams, and this is Mike Mayock from the NFL Network said he's talked to some teams and they said they haven't been able to get in touch with him to set up private workouts. And I was like, ooh, I think that is not good. Like, right. like he doesn't have any endorsement deals set up. Like I just feel like they're, when I say they, like his team, him yes. and his mom and whoever else is helping him. They're, they're caught off guard because they don't know what they're doing. Like he didn't know how to prep for some of these interviews. Um, and he could have, and I feel all of this is going to contribute to teams looking at it as a disaster. But to my point, I think if he does drop worse than 20 or even the second round, I think the team that gets him is going to get a steal. Yeah. And maybe for Lamar Jackson, it sets him up in the best position possible where he gets on a better team where he can sit back and watch somebody and learn, which I think would be the best case scenario could for him. Be. It could be. And I agree with you. Like, you don't let your mom do this. Like, that's a bad move. That's a bad move. And I'm not, def- you know, I can't, it, some things are indefensible. Having your mom, like, navigate you through this is not what you want to do. This is like the most critical part, you know, in your, in your, in your career, literally right now. It hasn't even started. So that, that's a silly move. Um, you know, I guess I just, you know, I look at like Mike Mayock, May, Mayhawk, Mayock, whatever, even like he, He's like a self-proclaimed like Lamar Jackson fan, but even when he interviewed him afterwards, and I've watched him interview a lot of these dudes after their pro days and stuff, like he even like 
was questioning the kid about, hey, tell me what you do third and ten. Like he was trying to peek inside the kid's like mental makeup, asking him what play would he call, like what would like quizzing him on like chalkboard stuff on on like in the broadcast. Like I was like, who they don't do that to other quarterbacks, and I don't understand why. I don't understand why he's got to continually like keep doing this. Um, to put that to bed, like let that let that man's skill set speak for itself. You want to tell me he's got a narrow base and he misses targets because of that? Fine. You want to tell me that he doesn't take you know snaps under you know under center and you need to see that more? Fine. But don't don't give me the whole like uh, you know we got to see how he is mentally. Like, don't do that, man. That cat put up numbers just like anybody. Here's what's happening with Hannah. Joel Embiid once again forced to practice what he preaches and trust the process. The Sixers All Star Center will undergo surgery for an for an orbital fracture he suffered on Wednesday following an on-court collision. Embiid also suffered a concussion on the play. Reports that the dominant big man could return in two to four weeks. The playoffs begin April 14th. Yeah, the playoffs will be over for the Sixers really fast. I don't – like, does, does everyone hate Markel Fultz a little bit for this? Like, no, it's not his fault. Is there any flag for that? It's not his fault. Markel okay. No, I just wanted to know from fault. a Sixers fan perspective. Oh, yes, all Markel Fultz's fault. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Rogers makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sucks for it sucks for the Sixers though. That you, you had a great season. You mm-hmm. got Markel Fultz back. Like the process has been trusted. You're trending, and that's just a really, really that just sucks. I it's feel not bad. over yet. I feel bad for everybody. It not ain't over. Yet. I hear you. I hear you. It hear ain't over. Respect. Kevin Durant returned to the court on Thursday and then left it. The reigning Finals MVP back in the Warriors lineup after missing six games with a rib injury, but collected two first half techs against the Bucks and was ejected for the fifth time this season. Golden State lost. Andre Iguodala exited with a sore knee, and the Rockets clinched the one seed. Obviously, my man Kevin Durant didn't get that memo that was going around uh, NBA All-Star Weekend when they said they were going to, you know, let's work on the relationship with the refs. But, hey, man, I like KD showing a little bit of fire. Like, if you feel like you're getting hosed, go ahead and speak up for yourself. Refs need to work on that damn relationship too, Danny. Yeah. Did you see my man throw him out, like, the extra? Yeah, the the extra, extra extra from the little man, bro. Like, (laughs) hey, little fella, get out of here with that BS, man. (laughs) (laughs) all right at least one of our teams won a college basketball championship penn state brought the noise and captured the nit title last night shutting down utah 82 to 66 flava flave finally a believer of the hype supporting the Nittany lions at msg uh in case you can't tell penn state that's the only way this is in here's what's happening with hannah's because debo put it in there all right <laughs> Sorry, your Knowles aren't in the Final Four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would take our appearance in the Elite Eight over yours. Mm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Syracuse took a little bit of an L yesterday, and they didn't even play. Five-star class of 2018 prospect Darius Basley was committed to the Orange, announced that he will skip college with plans to play in the G League next year. He's the first five-star to go to the G League after others went to the international route, the Ohio native won't make more than 26,000 next season. What is this about? This is about making 26,000 versus making nothing at Syracuse. And like, but could, could, like you have the chance to, I mean, play triple at Syracuse. That. Well, he's still going to have the chance to triple it. Like he'll play one year in the G league. He'll make 26 better. racks. And then, well, here's what, here's what people don't understand. Like G league affiliates. Mm-hmm. Like when I was in Cleveland, um, our player development guys with the big club, would sometimes go down to, to Canton and deal with the Canton Charge, which is our D-League affiliate team. And so while you're with the D-League affiliate, you get the benefit of getting, like, 
real professional skill development, player development stuff. You're playing against grown men. Like the average G League age, I think, is 26 years old. So you're playing against grown men as opposed to kids. So it is giving you a, a head start, a jump start on that NFL, I mean, that NBA future. The, you know, it, it, if you can play for, wrap your mind around playing for $26,000 a year, which again, if the prospect is like, I ain't going to school anyway. I don't love school. I'm going to go for like three months. And then shut it down or go make $26,000 and get to get some real skill development. Like for me, if you're not a school guy and you don't really want to go in the first place, do it. I love it. I, I think it's a great uh, experiment that we're going to see unfold. If it was just $26,000 cash and that was all you had to live on, you would live a nicer quality of life playing at a Power 5 basketball program. But I think one thing that's overlooked here, he's going to get a shoe deal, which will probably be much more than $26,000. I don't know. But I'm just guessing that he could get more from there. But I think it's a good thing that guys are thinking outside the box. And I think it actually helps college basketball. Like, why have guys that aren't invested going to, that are forced to go to college? Let's look at other options. So I think it's a good thing. And lastly, guys, Villanova junior point guard Jalen Brunson is the AP National Player of the Year, beating out Trey Young for the prestigious award. Brunson with more goals ahead, hoping to lead the Wildcats to another championship, something they accomplished in his freshman season. He's a really good player, man. He he just, I mean, he's not the most athletic dude in the world, uh, maybe not the most electrifying, but he really can control a game. He he can score the ball. He posts up better than most. He's like a throwback PG, man. He can post the hell out of the ball. He controls the ball from the post a lot of times. Like He's really, really good. And it speaks to what we talked about earlier, Danny, like Rick Brunson, a uh, really, really good player at Temple, played in the pros, coaches. I think he still coaches in the pros. Um, you know, his son grew up in gyms around the game, um, and he's a bad man. All right, really pumped up for our guest, Wally Zerbiak. He's a college basketball analyst for CBS Sports. You can catch him throughout the Final Four on March Madness 360 and March Mac- uh, the March Madness Bracket Breakdown. Follow him on Twitter, at Wallyball. Really good dude. Really enjoy his analysis. Played a long time in the NBA. But Wally, my boy Raja right here, he said you, he said he used to take all your money in golf. Like he said you're a good <laughs> golfer, but he took all your money. Is that true? <laughs> Uh, I've played a lot of rounds since, so maybe it is true. But if that is true, we're going to have to get back out there for sure because that's uh, all I do in the off season. Once I finish this Final Four, golf season hits in full stride, and I'll be out there all over the place. I call it the PLT, the Professional Leisure Tour, and the nickname the uh, you know little uh, little golf season when it starts all summer. Um, so I'd love to get out there again, Rod. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, so look, we were. I was going to ask you, man. I was look. I was looking at the bio, and you you got a. Your, your family is, is big like mine, dude. You really find the time to get out there? Cause I haven't played in forever. And I never said I beat you in golf, dude, because I know how well you play. <laughs> you and Danny would be a good matchup. But how do you find the time? Cause I can't get out. I love it. Hey, and, and nothing wrong with talking a little smack. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, my family's huge, but you know, um, with work dying down and the next season ending soon because they're not making the playoffs, you know, I'm pretty much free all summer. So, uh, you know, I go hard during the basketball season, you know, with CBS with CBS and MSG love it you know uh, keeps me involved in hoops and then um you know come the summertime when my kids go off to camp and stuff uh you know I, I get a chance to get out there quite a bit all right let's do some final four talk because you had a similar situation that is going on right now with Loyola Chicago like they're this incredible Cinderella story the sister Jean phenomenon and you had an incredible run for Miami of Ohio when you went to the Sweet 16. So what was it like to be in that position where you know like the entire country is kind of rooting for you? Oh, it's tremendous. It's 
really exciting. And, you know, I just think when you think back to a team like Wichita State who made the Final Four, um, VCU made the Final Four as an 11 seed, and then Butler who made the final game, the championship game, two years in a row. Um, you know, this isn't as, you know, rare as it used to be. I think this is becoming a little more commonplace at the age of the one and done. Uh, when you watch this team play, they're complete. They play defense. They're, they're very good on the offensive end of the floor. They kind of play like Raj's old coach played, uh, Mike Tantoni, who I was always jealous of when Raj used to get to play with him. And I used to have to guard him running up and down the floor shooting all those threes. Uh, they kind of play that spread offense. They got five guys that can really shoot pass and make plays. It's really fun offense to watch and they get after it on the defensive end of the floor and, you know, they're going to compete. They're not going to be, um, they're not going to be scared of anyone, especially Michigan. Hey, so, you know, your team that, um, you know, you dropped 43 in the first round in 99 against Washington. Like what was the mindset of a, of a team that, that maybe not a blue blood program? Is it, is it us against the world? Is it, are you fired up or are you like, we belong on this stage and calm, cool, collected. Let's just go out and execute. Like what was your team's mindset? Uh, in that situation that allowed you to be successful like that? Well, we had, well, for me, I had, comp- I had played on Team USA, the team that played uh, in the Goodwill Games right. and won the gold medal against international competition. So I was playing against the best players in the country, Elton Brand, uh, Andre Miller, all those guys. Um, so I knew I belonged, and then my teammates also felt the same way because first game of the year we won at Notre Dame, and we competed with a lot of good teams in the non-conference. So um, when we got to the tournament, we were just ready to prove, um, you know, how good the MAC conference was. Back then, the MAC conference was uh, was really good. I mean, we always had a couple teams that, um, you know, were competing for getting a bid. You know, we had a lot of pros that came out of that league back at the time: Bonzi Wells, Earl Boykin, um, you know, a, a bunch of other guys, uh, uh, Antonio Daniels. So that league was a good league. We felt like we belonged and, you know, we just won that first matchup by one and then got Utah, the number two seed. And then unfortunately, like Loyola, Chicago, they're running into some lower seeded teams, you know, and now Michigan's, you know, kind of their a three seed. So that's kind of, you know, they're seeded that way for a reason. They've beaten, you know, some lower seeded teams. Whereas when we ran into Kentucky in the Sweet 16, they were a really high seed with a ton of talent, a ton of NBA talent. So that's kind of what ended our run. But, um, you know, we just we were confident as a group. So you mentioned that you were jealous of Raja playing in D'Antoni's offense with all those three pointers, and now yeah. the entire league like has taken over like with yeah. this approach. So when you played, you averaged two point two three pointers attempted per game. If you were playing now, how many would you average? How many would you put up a game? At least five. And you know that's the misconception about my game. Everyone thought I was just a three point shooter, but. You know, with a career average of around 14, 15 points, whatever it was, only three of those points were from the three-point line. You know, I was doing a lot of my work, you know, posting up and, uh, you know, trying to get baskets at the free-throw line in different ways. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I love the way the basketball game is being played now, both in college and in the NBA. Teams are really using that three-point line. Kids are getting better and better at shooting it from deep. It opens up the floor. It adds to scoring. It's so hard for defenses to lock in on. And the whole league's really adopted uh, Mike D'Antoni's system. And, you know, I thought it was the way to play back when we were playing 10, 15 years ago. And he was just ahead of his time. And that's why I think, you know, he's continued to build on that. He's gotten the right personnel there in Houston. So, you know, he's been great for the game, what he's done uh, overall for, um, for basketball. 
Yeah, I agree. Offense is kind of fun to watch now. Um, and there was a misconception about your game, Wally, quite frankly, that you just shot threes. I guarded you, dude. I know you posted, you went to the rack, you dunked the ball. Like, you are a well-rounded offensive player. I'm not just saying that. Um, so I'm looking around. There are a couple guys from your draft class still playing, right? You got Jason Terry out there in Ginobili. My question is, do you still hoop? Because the last time I saw you, I think we were at a bar. <laughs> we were at a bar on Long Island, but before that, we were in the gym somewhere on Long Island. Do you still hoop? And when was the last time you dunked? Oh, uh, that's a great question. I wish I could still hoop, and I think it was the CW Post at that Sunday yeah, run. That's that right. Went up. <laughs> that's right. That was a lot of fun. I remember that. But um, no, actually, since I've retired and uh, at age 32, I um, I haven't been able to play any pickup because my knee went out. Uh, I had bone on bone issues at the end of my career, and when I had that last injury and had the last surgery, uh, the doctor just said, "Listen, your playing days are over." And not only playing days in the NBA, literally playing days of pickup. Wow. Like I tried once, I think, uh, you know, a year after that surgery, it just didn't feel right. Uh, couldn't even run. And I haven't played a game since, unfortunately. So uh, I miss it. I wish I could, uh, you know, still run around and play with my kids, and, you know, get a sweat a couple times a week, getting getting some pickup runs. But um, golf has been my new passion. It's kind of taken up that competitive spark. And uh, that's the way I get my, um, get my competition in. I'm gonna put you on the spot, one on one, you versus Raja. Who wins? Right now, I do because he's got right now. right now, bro, because he got no cartilage in his knee. <laughs> oh, right now, right now, I have no he's bone <laughs> on bone, bro. I don't play either. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have been close back I mean, then. I, I can barely, I can barely walk a golf course right now, <laughs> let alone play a game one on one. I'm in bad shape physically, but um, you know, it's all good. Basketball was really good to me; it gave me a lot. But uh, no chance. I have no chance right now. I, I, I would put. I would put you, Danny, more more. I think you might beat me, Danny, right now. I'm telling you, that's how bad it is. <laughs> that must be pretty bad. Hey, give us a reason. You're also an analyst for the Knicks. Give us a reason, uh, something for optimism for Knicks fans. Because you got Chris Stops going down. It's been kind of rough. How would? What's the bright side for Knicks? Trey Burke. Uh, he's been exciting in a Knicks uniform. Came up from the G League. People forget he was the ninth pick in the draft. I loved him in college. He was National Player of the Year, took Michigan in the National Championship game, has reinvented himself and kind of gotten his head straight off the court, and he's been tremendous. Uh, I really think he's going to be able to probably start next year. I think he showed that ability. He had 42 points against Kemba Walker two games ago, just a thrilling game between those two point guards going at it. So, um, you know, he, he, he's a bright spot in the tough season, you know, with the injury to Kristaps. Hopefully Kristaps comes back. Uh, completely 100% healthy and, um, you know, they can do something next year and, you know, then the pick is big. You know, they have a high draft pick, eight, nine pick somewhere around there. They got to get that one right. I'm hoping a guy like Mikael Bridges, Colin Sexton, um, would be a great addition to their team and that, that, that would make for a bright future to go along with Tim Hardaway and Gustav Kozinga and company. Yeah, that's what's up. And I'm going to go back. You talked on Mikael Bridges and, and, uh, you know, you got Jalen Brunson there with Villanova. So, you know, Bill Self against Duke. Halftime looked like he made some adjustments. And Bill Self, he's one of those guys that, like, he gets railed sometimes for not winning the big game. Um, undeservedly so, in my opinion. I think he's one of the great coaches. What do he and that uh, Kansas team have to do, uh, game plan-wise, to beat a Villanova team? Well, they have to hope they shoot like they did against Texas Tech. Right. That team was on fire from the three-point line. Through three games of the tournament, they broke, I think they tied or broke the record for most amount of threes. And they were like at 46 or something like that, averaging like 13 a game. It was crazy the way they were shooting the ball. Um, so they have to hope they have an off shooting night for sure. And Kansas is a team that isn't scared of anyone and they make, they, they, they win close games. That's 
that would be my concern with Villanova. Villanova hasn't been in as many close games as Kansas, whereas Kansas in the Big 12 was pretty much tested every single night. So they know how to execute in crunch time. They know how to make, you know, big shots and big plays. We saw it from Steve Makailuk's uh, last game with that three. He hit to put it into overtime. And then in overtime, they were really good when Malik Newman just took over that game. So if they if Kansas can keep it close, I think that's their chance. What's the secret to John Beeline? Because everybody I hear talk about him says he's a great coach, but what makes him stand out? Just offensively, I think he he really relates to his guys. And, you know, Roz, I can tell you that's what, you know, made Mike D'Antoni so good. You know, he just lets you play on the offensive end of the floor. And he tailored his offense to your strength. You know, obviously he likes to get a certain kind of player that's very skilled. And he feels, he feels like he can teach anyone defensive end of the floor. But um, just the way they move on offense, the way they make each other better and share the ball, I think that's, that's you know, why he's such a good coach and why he's had so much success. And then he's also a little bit under the radar, and he's not scared of anyone. He doesn't get the, you know, the big credit like the Mike Krzyzewski, Coach Calipari, Bill Self type guys, but he's just, a good, good, just as good a coach, especially on the X's and O's side. Um, so there's no, there's no secret why he's been in this position quite a bit. So who do you got, uh, Wally? Who do you, like, what's your final four prediction? Who should we look for in the championship and who's going to win it? I think it's Villanova to go all the way. Um, I just think the way Pascal's playing, you know, five guys that shoot 40% from the three point line, you know, they can, you know, if they have an off night, they're still going to find a way to get through. Um, their defense is so good. It really is. It's just amazing. And, now, Dante DiVincenzo off the bench, he's, he's an incredible spark plug. Um, you know, and I, I just think Michigan is, is, is going to be too big. I think Wagner's going to be the difference. I don't think that Loyola has anyone to match up with him. So I'm going with Michigan, Villanova, and Villanova winning it all. Bam, there you got it. I think that's a popular pick, too. Villanova looks really good. All right, let's finish off here as we get you out of here. Let's do some superlatives. We'll roll these pretty fast, but we like to have some fun with every guest that comes on. All right, better nickname, Wally World or Jerry's World? Definitely Wally's World. <laughs> I don't even know what Jerry's be. World is. I don't even know what Jerry's <laughs> World is. Is that Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> no, that's a, I like it. There you go. All right, who makes the playoffs first, Knicks or Lakers? Ooh, Knicks, I got to say Knicks. Uh, Unless LeBron goes there. Yeah, yeah, right. then that changes things dramatically. Uh, what's, right. a, what's, a, to what's a more impressive feat? Kevin Garnett actually keeping the hoodie on his head no matter what happens or the fact that he hosts a TV show. I'm going to go the fact that he hosts a TV show. Uh, <laughs> knowing him back in the day when he played, um, you know, he was, he was great with the media, but uh, I never thought he would be this into it and uh, be hosting guys and writing guys into set and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with that. I mean, he's got some trick to keep that hood on his head. I don't know what he's got going on, but there's a little – there's a little uh, magic trickery there, so I'm going to go with him hosting a TV show. All right, what was your favorite episode of the Jamie Foxx show? Sipping on some scissor. <laughs> <laughs> that one when they mentioned me, <laughs> like, uh, you know, when, when when they had that jersey on, and um, he was in there with KG, and he came in with the with the Wally jersey on, and he was like, "I'm sipping on some scissor," and KG was like, "What are you doing?" Awesome. Uh, that had to be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Who's going to win the Masters next week? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm a big golf guy, so that's why I asked. About I figured it. it. You know what? I'm going to go with Bubba Watson. That guy has reinvented himself. He, he ripped through the match play. Um, 
and that course fits his eye absolutely perfectly. So I'm going to go with Bubba Watson. It's great to have Tiger back in the mix. Yeah, for sure. All right, good picks. Good stuff with us, man. Hey, we got to get you down here to do some work for CBS Sports HQ, and when you come down, we're getting on the golf course, all right? You got it. Sounds good. I love it down there. All those good tracks are fun. Yep, for sure. All right, Wally, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. You got it. Take it easy, guys. See you, Rush. Later, Wally. All right, thanks to Wally. No, he's got to be crazy busy getting ready for the coverage of the Final Four. Let's get to our Final Four picks and props. Debo, what do you got for us? Picks and props. So, we'll start with the props before we get to our Final Four picks. couple here. So, the UConn woman. we got to give a shout-out to the UConn woman. Their margin of victory versus the number of times Jeff Capel, new Pitt head coach, shows recruits that famous picture of Tupac rocking his jersey. <laughs> um, UConn margin of victory. It's going to yeah, be large. Easy. And what you're not factoring in is some of these knuckleheads today don't even know who Tupac is. Damn. Like, Shut real, up. Like, seriously, man. Like, or, or even worse, like my boy Lil Xan have been throwing tr- – like they've been trashing Tupac. Yeah, they like have no respect for Tupac. Straight shade, bro. Straight shade. Exactly. You got to stop saying Tupac. things like my boy Lil Xan. <laughs> <laughs> I know I hear uh, – anytime Put I talk pop tab. culture or nightlife, I can hear Hannah starting to cringe. Like, what's he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about that dad life. No, all no. Right. I think – I support it. I support it. The next prop, Sister Jean on-camera shots Saturday in the game versus Michigan versus a relatively big boxing match on Saturday. The number of rounds in Anthony Joshua versus Joseph Parker. What number is higher? Oh, my God. Sister Jean all the way. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. Even, if, even, even if it went the full round, 15 rounds, you wouldn't, it's going to be Sister Jean ad nauseum. Like I'm at the point a little bit, and I hate to admit this, but I'm at kind of Sister Jean overload. <laughs> I, Jean I get out. it. I get it. I, cause I mean, I, we, I talk about, oh my God, I can't talk. I talk about Sister Jean more than I talk about Loyola. Like it's a little bit ridiculous. So I, I could agree, but also you got to represent Sister Jean. What are you going to do? I'm going, I'm going. Yeah, sister. I mean, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, yeah. yeah, no-brainer. Danny, this one for you. Michigan football wins in 2018. Minus two and a half versus Michigan made three-pointers versus Loyola. Now the Wolverines averaging seven and a half threes per game in the tournament had one game where they hit 14 of them. But a lot of people bringing up Jim Harbaugh's relative failures. But what do you got Overrated. on this one? Overrated. Yeah, so I'm saying under on the bet because it's going to be uh, – Michigan has to have a big year this year. And I think it's very interesting that Michigan fans themselves are kind of over the honeymoon. They're over him, you know, doing rap videos. They're over the khakis. They want to see some results on the field. But I'm going to say football wins. Uh, I'm going to take the loyal the threes are going to have more uh, – the Michigan made threes, more of those than Michigan wins. All right. The next Not one. Not even close. One of the best – Nicknames one of the most surprising guys in the tournaments for people that haven't watched Villanova this season. Dante DiVincenzo. They call him the Big Ragu. They call him the Michael Jordan of Delaware. <laughs> that ginger that can get up. Dunks in the game versus Kansas. Minus one and a half versus Leangelo Ball. Career games played in the NBA. Oh, Dante mm. DiVincenzo. So if he doesn't get a dunk, it's gonna, I'm gonna go with Leangelo Ball. You yeah. think he get, I yeah. don't think Leangelo gets a game. 
I think he could maybe. Really? I, I'm not saying that he's going to get drafted or make a roster, but he might. He might like get a call up at some point. Um, this is career game, so this could be over like the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Like he's just got to play in a game. I'm not sure the Air Jordan of Delaware, uh, the ginger that can get up, is going to have a dunk. <laughs> and if you're minus one and a half, like. Like that, that really puts you in a hole. So I'm going to go with Leangelo. But he, hey, I'll Youngin's got game though. He can play. never plays in an NBA game. But prediction Dante now. needs two dunks. Dante needs two dunks. Correct. <laughs> we will oh, see boy. the final prop before our picks. So crying kids they show during the final four versus ESPN telecast that JLo appears on this season. She made her debut yesterday with A Rod oh, in the geez. booth. But Danny, I know you don't like those crying kids being shown. You don't. No, I'm over the crying kids. CBS actually put out, they actually talked about it. Did you see that? Yeah, I feel a little they bit did. weird because CBS is our network. They can do whatever they want to. But I'm going to say, <laughs> Halo, there's 162 baseball games. Uh, A-Rod's going to be on once a week. I'm going to say the number of times J-Lo appears. I mean, it's who gonna would be, we rather they're gonna see? They're going to showcase I mean, that. I would watch J Lo in the background all day. I don't even care. Yeah. I would, I would like literally watch that on mute. That, my yeah, and I, if she was doing watched... a concert or if she was doing something besides going to a baseball game, we don't need uh-uh. to see her there. Dude, we were in the mall. False. She does guest ads now, right? Like she was in a yes. guest. Like my She's boys and I were just lady. sitting there watching the poster. She is like we'll just watch her do anything. So good looking. I I can't even like I can't take my eyes off of her. A Rod yeah, is like overrated. an eyesore blocking J Lo. Honestly, <laughs> J Lo's overrated. She is not overrated. J Lo so is the queen. In what in what regard? As a as like a actress, as a performer, as or just a person? All of it. The wedding oh, planner was one of the best movies. Oh, no, I'm Jesus. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, what was your favorite? Made in Manhattan. I didn't like that one. No, that guy was a jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> we did our props. We yep. talked to Wally Zerby about. Z- we talked to Wally Zerby. Hey, you call him Zerby? His we friends call him Zerby. Zerby yeah. About his final four picks. Your guys' final four picks. Michigan, yeah. minus five and a half versus Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago, one of the best teams at covering the spread this season at 24 and nine. Can they cover this five and a half point spread? No. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> go, 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 go. Uh, I'm- so this is a little bit personally for me because Michigan fans have been coming at me hard on Twitter, trolling me left and right because I talked a little bit of smack uh, before their game against Florida State. I'm going to say Loyola Chicago, the run continues. I'm going to say I'm going to take them all the way to the championship, baby. Okay, so you're saying you're saying that Loyola wins outright. Oh wow! All right, yeah. I'm saying that Michigan wins, but they'd have to win by by six, six. to cover the yep. bat, right? Like I'm going to say it's a close game, but Michigan pulls it out. That's the way I feel about it. So you think Loyola covers. All right, yeah. cool. The second game of the night, Villanova going for their second national championship in three seasons, minus five versus Kansas. Villanova, another team very good against the spread. Kansas, not so much. Yeah, that's Villanova uh, by by at least five, so I'll take Nova to cover. I hope that I'm right, because I and this is one of those ones where I would pick what I want to see happen. I hope it's a great game. So I'm going to say Kansas covers. I hope it comes down to the wire. But I sort of lean your way because Nova looks really good. But I'll just fade you just for the heck of it. Yeah. If no, but look, real talk. If Nova doesn't make threes, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Favorite part of the week. Although we need the listeners to step it up and give us some better five star Q and A's. Uh, leave us our, our our reviews on iTunes. Leave us the five star review in the review section. Leave us a question. Anything you want, we have to answer it. Hannah, what do you got? 
We Side have to star answer Q and A. Oh wow! Ooh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there we go. We have to answer it, but yeah. we don't want to because some of these are such a snooze fest that I feel like we just might as well skip them. So I'm going to skip a couple of them. But guys, do better. But be we'll better. answer eventually. We're going to answer them eventually, right? Yes. But like, also be better. Okay. So Dan Can Twenty One said, "What's the craziest recruiting trip story both of you have heard?" Have heard. Um, I know you have one, Raja. So let's do this. Um, yeah, I, but there's some stuff that I've heard on recruiting trips that I can't really repeat. Like we we lived in Miami, so guys would come down here and you you know they go to the beach and 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 you know use your imagination with some of that. But my 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 wildest one was probably when I was a sophomore at Boston University, and I was a pretty good player. And my coaches thought you know it'd be good for me to 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 show around another like wing. I was a wing player, and I don't know why coaches think like. That a wing that's like one of your star wings would see you bringing in a freshman like one year younger than him and want to show him around town. So they dropped this kid off in my room and they were like, yo, show him around. Like, here's a little money. Like, have a good time. Um, I left the kid in my room for two days. I gave him the money. <laughs> I left him in my room for two days. I don't even remember his name, but I like my coaches. I remember him calling me like on Sunday, like, Hey, can you bring such and such? I'm like, dude, I have not seen that guy in two days. And so that was kind of the beginning of the end for me at Boston University, but. Like, it was so counterintuitive. Why would I show around a guy that you're bringing in and take my job? It makes no sense. <laughs> all right, last one. What do you got? Uh, all right. Oh, my gosh. I can't say any of these people's names. Mugen? 420. He yeah. says, I'm 6'5". This is this is absurd, guys. Get ready. All right. I'm 6'5", and I used to play basketball in my day. But now that day is gone, and I work in a normal office setting. I get asked daily how tall I am. My dad taught me to lose the 6-foot measure and use 5 feet plus. Like I'm 5'17", ha ha. I've been using lately and realizing how dumb my coworkers are. Should I just say that I'm 6'5", or keep the stupidity rolling? Bruh. I'm going to guess our boy is single. Bruh. <laughs> There's a reason he has 420 in his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Very Bruh. good observation, Debo. I, I, lost, would, I, lost, I would leave that joke in 1985. <laughs> I lost 20 seconds of my life. I'm never going to get back. Also, like, just saying you're, like, five anything. Also, just, like, who cares? Who gives one actual... Sorry. Hannah doesn't like to hear the five, though. I don't like to hear the five. If once if I ask your height and it starts with five, I'm already sleeping. You're out? Oh, Maybe 5'11"? Uh-uh. No? I'm 5'9". Oh, oh, you are 5'9". Yeah, true that. I prefer, like, 6'4 and up. Word. Yeah. So, uh, you, sh- at 6'5". So, you're saying Mugan 420 has a chance. Mugan, don't. Until he says he's 5'17". And then you're yeah, out. until he says he's 5'17", I'd be like, are you out of your damn mind? <laughs> Somebody said that to me. Anyways, sorry, bro. Uh, All right, guys, perfect stuff. Questions. All right, let's wrap it up. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Enjoy the Final Four. We'll get our final uh, picks, championship picks on Monday when we're back. Make sure you go subscribe, download on Apple Podcasts, check us out, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere you can do. Leave us that five-star review with a question, and as always, follow us at Canel and Bell on Twitter. Have a great weekend.